What's up, y'all? Woo! I came in on my favorite part, sales. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking about shipping in the beginning. And I was like, Don't talk yeah, you missed that. the shipping conversation. Yeah, that was <laughs> good. Good. You did I'm good. I'm just leave right now. I missed the shipping part. Fuck. That's like how Hector favorite? comes in glowing blue. Yeah. That's right, baby. <laughs> Hector, what's your favorite part of can change like, it up creating it, a comic? Favorite part of creating a comic when it's finished. No, um, <laughs> um, I, I'm I'm a huge like storyboard artist. Like I like to to get a lot of um, content in like that first stage just to get like a lot of ideas developed, and that's kind of the. I don't know. That's kind of the best part for me because I really like to ideate and you know what I mean? And, and just get everything kind of on the table, whatever I want to see, whatever needs to be seen, things like that, get it all done. Like really, really in that first pass. Um, so that's probably my favorite part. Like the early work, the thumbnails, whatever you want to call it, storyboards, pencils, that kind of stage. Um, but I also just like how it all comes together. So I, I work for a company in New Zealand and uh, we have, you know, various positions and roles and stuff like that. And, you know, once I hand it off, it's, it's it's out of my hands, but then I get to see it, you know, in the final stage and it just always kind of comes together really, really amazingly. And, and I love that part too, just to see like how everybody else has thrown in their own kind of artistic interpretation into it. Nice. I kind of already knew that answer. So. <laughs> Uh, I would ask about world building, but we're not going to get too much into that because then me and Dan can talk about that forever. Like maps and stuff. Mm. Well, so should we maybe talk about because we're talking about you know like your hundredth episode? Should we maybe talk about kind of legacies, the kinds of things that you you build towards when you're you're creating and whatnot? Because I mean that's something that you guys are doing with your hundred episodes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's a good title for this episode too. Yeah, the legacy Chuck, episode. Chuck Chuck does it again. It's <clears throat> not just an editor. Actually, I, I don't remember which episode, but a couple episodes ago, we were talking to somebody, uh, and we were kind of discussing how, um, when it comes to ind independent comics, right? One of the biggest things is trying to make sure that uh, when you're creating comics, you have to get through a few of them before you really are going to succeed. Like no one creates one comic and succeeds. And I think like the general rule was like five comics before you start seeing like some traction. And so I was just curious what other people thought about that. Like, wh what do you think about, do, do you think there's a certain number of comics you have to create or a certain amount of time you need to be in the industry for you to really grow? Like, is it five comics or is it five years? Is it, you know, what, what do you guys think about that? I don't know if you could put a real time frame on it. I just think that uh, I can tell you my own personal experience that you just have to be willing to learn and be open to knowing that you don't know everything and that there are people out there. Like I can tell you right now, again, I'm going to mention Chuck just because, you know, Chuck and I've got a, a good relationship when it comes to stuff like this. Um, most of the original heirs of a sealer books and tales from Nocturnia have colored word bubbles and different things like that. Some people really like it. There's a lot of people that are not big fans of it. And Chuck has mentioned to me before about, uh, you know, I'm not understanding why you guys have made the choices that you made in the, in the word bubbles. And, uh, you know, we kept it how it was for a couple of, a couple of the titles, but with heirs of a sealed or the perilous prospects with it being a new story arc, um, we decided to go more traditional on the way that the word bubbles are. And Chuck's comment to me the other night was, I think that was a great decision. Chuck didn't push the envelope. He didn't 
say what he really thought. He's probably like, dude, these war bubbles look like crap. And if you don't change this, it looks like a bunch of color garbage. I'm not saying you really felt that. I'm not saying you felt that. Oh, but, I'm saying, but what I'm saying is that because he gave constructive criticism, that was given in a way to say, hey, you know what? You should consider this thought. Yeah so that you might be able to make your product better in the long run. If you don't consider it and you don't use it, hey, that's on you. It's all good. But you might want to consider this because it might help your product go to the next level. And Steph and I, you know, looked at this one. She's always been on the on the side of Chuck and basically allowing me to force the issue with the colored war bubbles. Um, but with this one, I'm like, hey, you know what? Let's let's go completely traditional and make it like that. And the reaction so far has been where people seem to have liked it a lot more. But I think that that plays more into what the question was, Dylan, where it's, you know, you have to be willing to learn and, and listen with constructive ears when you're starting and not feel like, hey, this is the most amazing thing that's going to change the industry. Because I'll tell you right now, the first comic is absolutely not going to change any industry. You're just going to be yeah. jumping in and and getting your feet wet and you have to find the people to listen to, period. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's funny. I think that there's definitely not a time period. What it is is you have to have done enough things that people go, "Oh, this motherfucker's probably going to stick around." Like they're they're gonna they're 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 taking this seriously. So, like for some people, that might take a couple years because comics are expensive and it takes a while. It might be like someone like Dustin, who in his first year fucking pounded out a shit ton of books, and you're like, "Oh, okay, this dude's serious." So it really, it's not the same for everybody. It's really all about kind of how you attack the industry and um, what uh, the what kind of stamp you're trying to put on it. And that will happen for different people at different times with different number of books. But yeah, it's n almost never the first book. Yeah, I was going to weigh in on that too, that exact same topic, because it's it's a very awkward conversation when someone comes in and they're like, hey... I'm having a hard time. Did you have a hard time too? And you're like, it's different for everybody. It's different because yeah. it's not just, it's not just, and we all hate to say it, right? It, it, but it's on the table. Not every idea is a great one. You know what I mean? So when you come in and you're like, you know, we're, the listener did well for me, uh, comparatively speaking to most uh, of the industry, but it didn't do what BTD did for me. You know what I mean? And yeah. I mean, and it certainly didn't do what if it hops has done for me, you know what I mean? So it's a very, it's a very interesting conversation when you look at things like, and you, because you try to judge, the worst thing we can do is measure ourselves to other people. You know what I'm saying? It is, as much as I look up to people in the industry and I appreciate their work and stuff, I don't compare myself to them. Yeah. I'm very proud of them and I'm happy for them, for the things they've created and I'm, I'm in awe by it. But I never go, oh, yeah, well, how does greed stick up to, you know, heirs of a Sildor? I, I don't do that. I can't. That doesn't it doesn't work. Or yeah. what, what about the listener in Belial? You know, I don't I don't do those things because you're being unfair to yourself, yeah. not not just them. But you're being unfair to yourself because I appreciate it, Tim, because you don't know if you set your bar so high and you come in and fail, it's OK to fail. But if you set your bar that high, you're going to hurt yourself. Like mentally, spiritually, you're going to you're going to smash yourself. I have a, a great friend in this industry right now that is amazing talent that is constantly beating themselves up, right? Because they're just like, I'm not getting there. I'm not getting there. Cool. You just haven't hit that space yet. When you hit that space, you'll be fine, you know. But like, we went from, oh my gosh, 
three of us, me, Heather, uh, and Eric Viola putting together the listener in issue one with uh, Kyle doing the lettering. And we had uh, a handful of cover artists, right, to 36 uh, members of our team right now. You know what I mean? It was a, in a year. Not everybody does that. You know what I mean? It's So I can't be like, let's go, let's go, let's go, and harp on people and tell them where they need to be at or how they should feel at any given time. Because there are days when I sit and I cry and nobody knows it. You know what I mean? Because I, I don't know what I'm going to – what's the next big portion? What do I hit next? What am I going to write that's going to blow this out of the water? Because that's my own crutch. I'm hard on myself like that. But mm. you don't want to do that. You don't, you don't want to beat yourself up. You don't want to judge yourself compared to other people because the only person you have in your competition with is you. That's it. No one yeah. else is your competition. 100%. Yeah. You know, yeah. these yeah. cats are all – these cats are your peers, man. Yeah. What they do should uh, lift you. You know what I mean? Don't ever feel like you're in competition with these dudes. Because I, I tell you what, no one else writes funny books. Not like me anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? No one else is putting out dinosaur books like me. You know what I mean? If you find your niche, and that's where you judge your level of success. Yeah. Be you better know? than you were last week. Absolutely, dude. Yeah. Be better than you. Um, so anyway, I'm going to dip out. Uh, I know there's a bunch of cool folks coming to hang out with Greg. Uh, congratulations again, guys. And it's always such a pleasure to see you guys. It, it really is. Um, if you guys ever want to hang out, pitch your books, shoot some shit, we, uh, we do a show on Friday nights. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Comics Unbound. We have a great time. We bring on folks from Australia, the UK and stuff to meet fans in the US as well as introduce you guys to uh, US writers and creators uh, to people over there so they can start checking out your product. Anyway, I'm out. Have a great day, guys. Uh, best wishes and best of luck on all your campaigns. And uh, we will catch you guys shortly. See you on the road, guys. Good see you. Later. Later. Yeah. <laughs> It's a very succinct answer. I think he he made he made a lot of re really great points there. And I think um, to weigh in on that and just to, I guess I don't know, put my two cents in. Um, someone who who's had really great success like that, like has had a short period of time where they've you know accomplished a lot. And then from someone like me, where I've been trying to break into like the indie kind of marketplace for quite a while, um, I think it's just about having all the right like foundations in place as well. So when you can look at your product, you can see, you can see actually all the flaws in it. Like, and you've learned from like other people you've learned from, from the industry, you've done a ton of research and you know, like, okay, this is, this might be the reason why my book is not, or why I'm not as successful as I want to be. Um, and I think that's really important too, to just have. What is going on here? <laughs> I think we got the live stream open. <laughs> Not on my end. Uh, no, just being able to have like a you know uh, step back and zoom out from from your specific creative process and just zoom out and be like you know okay like this is the product in general and maybe what's what's keeping me from being successful and not being like stuck in your own head and, and thinking like, again, not every idea is gonna be great. Not every part of your book is gonna be great. Not every, you know, there's there's components to it that um, that once you have all those components in place, at least you're in the position to be successful. So you have to put yourself there first. And then once you're there first, then you can, you know, it can go wherever it's gonna go. But yeah, it's, it's absolutely different for everybody. And I think it's it's not easy for anyone for sure. And it's just kind of a crapshoot when you are able to be successful in kind of a short amount of time. 
Yeah. yeah. Just, to, just to hop off the back of those comments, but, uh, I think progression is key, like seeing progression between work um, from book to book. Um, you know, definitely, it, I, I try to, I, I want to make each piece of work better than the last so that when people are picking up, they're like, okay, they can see a clear progression, then they know that the next book, or even, you know, I wonder what's what it's going to be like, you know, three, four books down the line. And I don't mean just in the, in terms of the series, because obviously I, I want the series to be consistent, but each project, I want each project to to progress. And, and I think like Hector said, looking back and seeing all the different elements, especially when you're doing it yourself, um, you know, and seeing, uh, I don't know if there's, there's a lot of feedback that from me, I can't tell. From someone. Okay. But, um, yeah, just analysing all of those aspects, whether it's the writing, whether it's the art, whether it's the storytelling, whether it's the, you know, you know the genre or whatever it is, you know, and trying to do different things. Just Sopranos, though. There we go. Just went to cut the black like that. <laughs> that was very cinematic. <clears throat> yeah, oh, yeah, I think you're right. That's what I was going to say, too, is just so you know about consistency, you know, and how important that is. You know, you could have a good story and then you gain a lot of momentum, but you can lose it very fast if you don't have that consistency going, you know what I mean? So I think uh, having that is super important. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, back on that, uh, the, the concept of the five comic books, I think that's more of like just the, uh, uh, I think the point's more knowing that you're not just going to create one comic if you're going to be a real creator. And the idea of having like, uh, like just knowing like, if, if you go into creating comics thinking your first four will be terrible, no matter how good you work on them, and your fifth one's going to be like that first one that kind of gives you, you know, hope that you might be a good comic book creator. I think it's a nice way to like really have people like have a set goal so that they're like, okay, I need to like suffer through this at least this many times before I'm going to make something that's worth worthwhile. I think, I think that's um, also just like, kind of piggybacking off what you guys have been chatting about but like it's almost like a mindset of knowing like you're going to have to grind to get to that point of a quality piece of work yeah. okay guys i'm going to drop off make way for someone else but, uh, good to join you all and uh, have a good day congrats on thanks for joining us. nice to meet you man thank you i just kind of stopped thinking about this um last month like it's been six years since i started doing this and um Seems like a long time, uh, but it really doesn't at the same time. Um, you know, we, we, it, it does kind of seem like a struggle every time still. Um, you know, some things are better than other things. Um, it is, isn't always going to be a straight line. Uh, it's uh, sometimes things are more popular and then you do something else and it's not as popular and uh, it's just the way it is. Um, but uh, I think I, I got to go actually. So. Uh, to say bye to you guys and um thanks for having me on happy 100th episode yeah uh, and, um, thank you we have nine more days on two Tales magazine so check that out two itales.com see you joe hope you enjoyed the fact that i put a top it on just for you man <laughs> keep killing it joe <clears throat> oh <laughs> Waving his wacky arm. There you go. Hey, welcome, you guys. Welcome. <laughs> Didn't know if I'd be able to get on here, so. Oh, yeah. 
So yeah, first of all, I first of all I want to tell you, uh, Greg and the Cyrenova crew, uh, happy 100th episode. Woo. So made it. Good job, guys. So yeah, thank you. I'd have a drink for you, but it's uh, well, I guess it's not too early. So, <laughs> so to see you. It's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Hey guys, can we go. all mute for one second just so we can figure out where the sound's coming yeah, from? Yeah, it's I was coming through say really, that, but it's Matt's coming through really bad here. on the feed, and I want to make sure everybody can hear what everybody's saying. So let's all mute at the same time and see if we yep. can figure it out. Okay, I'm back off of mute. So it's not I'm back off of mute. I'm off. I'm off. Oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I hear the clicking now. It's not as aggressive, but uh, yeah, I definitely hear it there. I'm off. I'm off mute. Is that better? Hello? Hello? It went away now. The clicking's gone. Yeah, oh, which is okay. background noise now, that's all. Okay. Sorry, I'm at, a, I'm at a full conviction here, so... All right. Oh, wow. So what, what show are you at, man? I'm at the Halls of Heroes right here at Elkhart, Indiana. Oh, that's awesome. cool. And it is full of beautiful people nice. getting their geek on with the comics. Great. Maybe we can make them full screen. You can do a quick little pan around. Yeah, I yeah. can do that. Hey, hey, how's it going? Yeah, yeah. Got to get consent first before you film anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do a pan here. I don't know if I can. I can't flip it, but yeah. If you look over here, actually, I don't know if you can see over Doug Jones from uh, hey. Star Trek uh, Discovery is over there signing. So we're doing our thing. Awesome. Okay. All right. Now I want to. I want. Yeah. Just walk around, Demetrius. <laughs> I wish I could. Give us the tour. Yeah. We're at a con. Right yeah, we're yeah. at a con. You don't even at your table making sales. Forget that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm making. I, yeah. yeah, I'm making a sale right now. So, can you That's find a the dollar bill? <laughs> put put hey, it on say again. So we can talk to all of them. Who, whoever you're making a sale to, tell them the Matt and Chuck said, "Hey, what's going on? Good purchase." Hey. Yes, they did. Matt and Chuck said, "Hey." <laughs> <laughs> You're making a good purchase. We're live. We're live. Say hi, everybody. Hey. All right, they represent me. All right, that's how we do Buy that. Buy two. Buy two. Buy two. Uh, Double up. Okay. okay, good. You guys still don't hit. Thank you. Anymore. I still hear them. Right? Oh, yeah. It's like fuzzing occasionally. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. You guys ready? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry, my name is Demetrius Witherspoon, and uh, I am the creator. And uh, the uh, is that me? I don't think so. We've had this issue before. Yeah. You came on. Okay. Thank you. All right. You have a good one. Um, this is my sci-fi series, uh, Submerged Universe, that I wrote and directed. It started with four films, um, and uh, it's about a lady that gets thrown into a multi-universe, and she has to find her way out and find her child. And uh, because of this submerged ex uh, experiment, uh, when we go into the future of that on Echo 51, uh, Light thinks she's the last of her species. And uh, 
uh, then she finds this android that changes her whole world. And it leads into our next film that's coming out this summer, Submerged Blue Star. Now I'm doing this for you guys and everyone on, uh, uh, on this podcast, but we also have people looking at the Submerged Universe and uh, checking out everything. Uh, I love yeah. that you were pitching to us, but you have people in front of you. <laughs> Goodbye. <Yay. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we got to let everybody know how we're doing this. So uh, There you go. But, yeah, uh, we have those films, and now they're leading into our uh, comics. And so we got the Light comic. We got the 51X. Uh, she's an android that uh, struggling with her humanity. But now uh, she comes up against a seemingly unstoppable force when she goes on her first mission. And so uh, now, uh, starting on, we started on Friday, we have the figure. He's one of our fan favorites. And uh, hopefully you can see that there. Uh, he's oh, yeah. on Indiegogo, we just started that. And we are about to do his very first um, standalone uh, uh, comic. Uh, actually, it's gonna be uh, three issues but uh, he is a black scientist that finds a biotech suit that uh, not only uh, will help to save his family, but also uh, helps save the multiverse uh, if everything works out properly. So uh, those issues are gonna be three, three of those coming out, uh, running the Indiegogo now to get those uh, printed and out with some cool perks. We got our action figures of, uh, we got the action figures. Nice. Of, let me do that. Here we go. Yeah. Oh, dope. Of, oh, that's cool. That's of cool. the figure. His nemesis uh, was just made, and that's coming. All right. Let's do this again. And um, so that people can go to Indiegogo right now to the figure issue one. And... Um, you know, help us support us get get that out because when you get into that epic world, it's going to lead you into our um, animated series that we're about to do on the figure also, which uh, will be coming out next year. Nice. Also, the one thing that Demetrius forgot to mention was happy 100th episode, Sir Nova. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Let me get that in. Let me get that in. Let me get that in. <laughs> Happy he said it, you just didn't hear it. Yeah, I said yeah, it so yeah, quickly. Yeah. Um, but you guys are rocking it, and we appreciate all that you're doing. Uh, you know, for all us creators, uh, we need this kind of platform uh, so everyone can see what's going on, and we have a chance to give back because uh, we're learning as we go. And so I know I'm learning as I go. So uh, whatever I can give back, I, I can. So that's my that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Nice. <laughs> Looks great, man. Looks great. Yeah, man. Well, awesome thank you. Work, thank you. Yeah. Good luck at the show today, man. All right. Thank you so much yeah, for fun. having me on. And all you creators, keep rocking it. Peace. Thanks for getting submerged. Take it easy, bud. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice Look at that. Yeah, baby. <laughs> all right. So what's up, Luke? How's it going, guys? I'm glad to be here. So uh, tell people a little bit about you. About me? Well, my name is Luke. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Art. 
and I uh, have been with Cianova for quite some time since I probably had no right drawing comics for a company mm. um, when I was first learning to currently when I feel like I've gotten pretty good at it. Um, most notably on their platform, I illustrated the remaster for Seer Chronicles 1, which looks amazing and I'm really excited to get in the mail. Um, and I'm currently working on a new project called The Dragon Dilemma, which I can tell you a bit about if you would be interested. Yeah. Yeah. So The Dragon Dilemma is a high fantasy story about a man's a dream to achieve feats and means beyond the mortal coil. And it is a cautionary, tragic tale of the a hero's downfall due to their own overambition, their strive to achieve something beyond what they were meant to. The opening excerpt, which kind of kind of ties together the entire theme is that the dragon mm -hmm. is the apex predator a true being in all it means it can flatten it can flatten mountains with its wings and raise forests in its fiery breath before a dragon none may stand but one day from the dragon's fire was born a phoenix a being with the ability to reincarnate with its collective wisdom and experiences can the phoenix ever surpass the dragon and if so at what cost so that's kind of the, the pitch for Dragon Dilemma. Um, and I'm currently have almost the first issue done. I just got to get it colored. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Nice. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Peter wants to introduce yeah. himself because he totally forgot. <laughs> yeah. And, and Tim I, too. Being too I, wacky, wavy. I'm, My yeah. time's coming. My time's Come coming. On. I had to get that, uh, you know, blood going to my, to my hey, head. Hey, guys. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Matt. Hey, Timothy. Hey. Hey, Greg. What up? And everybody else. Hello. I'm sorry if I haven't met you yet, but uh, I probably honorable will. Mentions. Honorable mentions. Eventually. Eventually. <laughs> so we'll all here. meet each other eventually. So. Well, it's a small group, you know. Yeah, I, yeah for sure. So I, I I duffed it and didn't introduce myself when I I joined. So um, yeah. I'll only take like a second here. And uh, anyway, my name is Peter Wilmerink. And uh, first and foremost, I'm a I'm a writer. Did some prose writing back in the day, and uh, then got into writing comics a couple of years back. And um, have my big Jack uh, series. It's on issue three, which be which will be the final book in that series with that character but now since uh and i've always loved comics so this is kind of a a dream come true and um and also very stressful but eh, whatever anyway but um and uh it's kind of given me the the urge to continue to do uh writing in the uh sequ sequential art uh medium so yeah, and Big Jack uh, issue three Kickstarter is live right now until the twenty sixth. That's Big Jack issue three. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Big Jack. Uh, yeah. I had oh, okay. I had said this. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm done. Tim, Tim go ahead. Introduce well, yourself as well. Uh, I'm Timothy <laughs> Fling. I'm uh, the first and foremost. I, I want to say congratulations, the hundredth episode. Yeah. Well done, guys. I'm, I'm a fan of Greg and Dylan both, you guys know. So, Yeah, uh, I'm Tim. I'm a writer. I'm from York, Pennsylvania. Um, 
I write a couple of comics. My main goal today is I'm promoting the Water Wars, which you know is coming to Kickstarter, the triumphant return on March 8th. Feel free to take a look. That would be great if you could follow along. And I'm trying to spread the love, too. I'm just meeting some of the new creators here for the first time. I know a couple of you guys. Peter, I know very well. I should mention we're doing a crossover episode between Big Jack and Water Wars. Well, it's not really Big Jack, necessarily. It's uh, in Michigan, though. It's Michigan. There you go. (laughs) But I will say that... um, you know, I'm real grateful to have you guys, and the support of the indie community has been great to me. Uh, really means a lot to me, guys. I'm not too different from Peter. I started this really just a couple of years ago, and this last batch has, you know, I'm having a pretty good month, right? I got the story in the Cthulhu book. I got the next Water Wars coming out, and the also you can order the Antarctic Press version. Actually, I can order that one now, I'm pretty sure. That's Planet Comics number eight, which is, you know, more of the stories uh, from our science fiction world gathered together in an anthology format we're planet comics brothers yeah that's right i got a couple uh, nice. label mates yeah yeah sometimes yeah. Uh, cool. i guess chapter mates they call it right and yeah. I, I gotta that's be honest cool, i got really lucky i got really lucky on a couple of things i i met well actually i've never really met ben so to speak you know we live in an online world right so you got to maximize your connections so i just reached out to a couple of times i said hey man i i know you're not looking for submissions at the current moment but uh hey i'm submitting stories what do you got you know because i'm looking for distribution is kind of my deal and uh, every time he's been just great to work with and you get paid a little too i i gotta get to where i'm uh you know it's like a percentage right over 6500 copies or something and I'm, I'm not hitting those kind of numbers but i will now that i'm figuring out the angles of how you do this and I thought he was real helpful as far as, you know, to get these stories out there. And for me, it's a matter of that's how I can get books to the West Coast. I'm certainly not going to any conventions farther than Baltimore myself. So it's 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 one more avenue. And it, having a little bit of success with it, at least these first two months, if if the rest of the year went like this, I'd be pretty happy. But, uh, you know, but my next two big steps are the next two issues of the Water Wars series, which... We listen to the audience. That's what seems to be playing right now. At least my crowd's following it, and I'm doing fairly well with them. So you'll see that coming. One's, one's coming out of the pipe right now. That's Tuesday night. You'll see that go live. And then uh, number four, I got to imagine, is going to be June or so. And that's my story. Um, I'm uh, uh, also a big fan of uh, Greg and Dylan, too, because I heard him mention earlier, this is the place where the map nerds hang out. And I don't know how the rest of you feel about these uh, maps. We call them the tactical maps. Hey, I'll tell you what, I'm doing my Kickstarter stuff. I'll show you one because Peter's on here, too. And I love maps. Yeah, yeah. that is the uh, the Chrome enhanced gorgeous t- tactical map. I think that's the one you were mentioning last time. I don't think you had it printed yet, though. Yeah, but yeah. you see, it's a little bit hard to display, but you see it's, it's printed no, that's in excellent. two layers. And you can see the top layer's got sort of a shiny logo kind of a deal going on there. And the key, key events. And- yeah, I was thinking that from Firefly. What's going on with Flesh Eaters in this? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, the the uh, the West Coast is rapidly shaping up to be the uh, villains of the Water Wars universe. I'm sorry about that, West Coast. Uh. But I had to put all the bad guys somewhere, and they're they're going to be pretty pretty vile and reprehensible just the whole way around. Wow. <laughs> hey, we, hey, we should introduce Christy now, then. Yeah. <laughs> go, Christy. Go. Yeah, go. People are kind of amazed, like how I put myself together, and they say it's like this vile thing, like it's supposed to be like. 
Cosmic Pig Pen or some shit. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, I'm I'm actually the I'm actually the uh, authoress and uh, creator of Demon Bitch. Usually I'm actually more eloquent, but I've had a lot of stuff going on. I actually got a new position, and I'll tell you about that later. But I just do Demon Bitch. She's a low-level demon from the 13th pit of hell where people throw their dog shit and gum wrappers. And she wants to bring the second time to Armageddon, but the first one never happened because she's stupid. So I'm making a new book called Triggered. I release a graphic novel every year. You can catch Demon Bitch on Webtoon. You can go on Linktree, find all the stuff I'm selling and all my portfolio. I'm open for commission and other work. I've worked well with people. I've, I think I've worked well with Chuck. I worked with you. There was one other person that I worked with. I don't know if I worked with you and Greg. I think we talked about it anyway. So I couldn't remember. I'm sorry. It's like been a lot of stuff, but I've done a lot of stuff. So check it out. I'll be at WonderCon and then I'll be at Gem State Comic Con in April. And I'm running an event called Asian Invasion, which is over in the comic bug in Manhattan Beach in California. And that'll nice. be on the 19th. So you guys can friend me on Facebook and all that. And I just constantly am posting shit that I'm doing. Also, I just got elected as uh, president of CAPS, Comic Arts Professional Society. So that's animators, but it's not animated art. It's like sequential art, like syndicated strips, comic work. We've got a few writers in here. Let me actually also pop it in because we're trying to go and expand from LA that's to what he said. domestically in World War. Yeah, I know. Now I'm saying it too. So there you go. Ain't gender specific or some shit. <laughs> but yeah, you guys can check it out. We I know we've got to update the site. We were actually really inactive due to COVID, you know, because we couldn't do really events or anything. So we've actually are looking for members. The next one we're doing is Ontario Comic Con in Ontario, California, not Canada. And uh, we'll have a table there. I'll be there along with um, one of the board members of, um, let's say, Jose Pimenta. Brad will be there, but he'll be tabling at another table. He has another table. But he'll be there as VP. And he, we, I'll be there as well as another member of ours, Eddie. So there you nice. go. Yeah. So what we do is just we work with all the comic book uh, creators, distributors, things like that. We're trying to build a network as well in that nice. regard. Awesome. Yeah. So I've also put up my Kickstarter up there as long as that. So go follow the Kickstarter. So when it's live, it's going to be 322. Okay. Cool. Good luck. Thank you. Excellent. I already like, I already fun, like right? Demon Bitch. I already, <laughs> I was, I'm already cool. sold. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Follow the Kickstarter. You can get triggered and I'll sign the book. Oh. And I'm going to say if we hit past a certain, uh, one of the stretch goals is making it, uh, making it a hardcover. So, like, if you take somebody, oh, you can nice, them. cool. Yeah, you can throw, cool. throw the book yeah. out the window and clock somebody. Perfect. <laughs> well, hey guys, before anybody else jumps in really quickly, I'm gonna head out. Um, but I just really quickly want to just kind of outro this um, because I've been networking with Sierra Nova since kind of their since they kind of started. Um, and just to see how you guys have grown and stuff. And like, I mean, just the community of people that are sitting right here and throughout the, you know, the hundred episodes that you've done, all the different topics you've talked about, all the different people you've connected with. It's really, really amazing to see how like far you guys have come and uh, just congratulations on getting here. And I know there's so much more, you know, on the horizon. I'm actually going to be working with you guys on a book. So I'm super excited about that. Nice. Congrats. Um, so yeah, dude, epic. You guys, I love you guys. Obviously, like um, we did uh, Chronicles of Horror together. We've 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 taken on quite a few challenges <laughs> as a platform. So uh, just keep trucking, man, and, and keep doing what you guys are doing. And uh, yeah, I'll see you guys later. Thanks, Axel.
Later, guys. Right. Yeah. Yeah, if, if I remember correctly, I think Hector was either the first or the second person we ever spoke uh, to. It was Luke, and then it was like Hector. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That, okay. So yeah, it was the second second person. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so this is uh, this is the Sierra Nova uh, hundred episode podcast. But what we haven't really heard in yet is we haven't flipped the script and asked you guys questions about your hundred episodes. So in the previous ninety nine episodes. What are some of your favorite memories? What are some of the things that have happened that you thought that that was really cool? Or what are the things that you've learned? So there's three questions in a row right there for the Sierra Nova guys. What have you learned? Who have been your favorite people to have on? And what have been some of your favorite memories? Yeah, Dylan can unmute himself so he can go first. <laughs> I just said, Greg, I said, Greg, go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess I can go. Um, so some of my favorite episodes, honestly, have been really when so a, a lot when we first started off we were basically just interviewing people we didn't really know what we were doing um but as we went along we started you know honestly the, the more we learned about the comic creation process the better our questions got during interviews and then eventually we really started getting into you know asking more specific so like i've loved our conversations on world building uh, i still remember that one of our comics completely we, we restarted it um, from what we were going to do for our uh, comic because of a conversation with Ed Jowett. So like we actually talked with him. We basically were, uh, I think we talked about releasing independent comics and how that really develops. And when you go back to the first comics that really became prominent, the, the action comics, you know, the detective comics and how, you know, they were really built like, and they were launched talking about how uh, there was no backstory. It was just an interesting character, and you really just drew someone in. And then after years of really being drawn in on this character, people are like, what's his backstory? And so um, our first issue of Ink, we were starting off in the Origins, and people loved that one. And they're like, where's the second one? Where's the second one? And as we began to write the second one, we had that conversation with Ed, and we immediately were like, no, we're going to like skip a bunch of stuff and just jump into where we were excited to get to because the reason we love the character is because of all the stuff we've been discussing. So we're just going to bring that up to the forefront. So that was definitely one of my favorite episodes. The world building, uh, I know even talking with uh, Timothy, a lot of the world building is, you know, has been excellent. Uh, you know, discussing, like learning about new comic genres, like, you know, a lot of people just think comic books, superheroes, but learning about, you know, the sci-fi comics, the fantasy comics, obviously the Chronicles of Horror, so horror comics, learning about that. Um, I think actually, and, and coincidentally, speaking of uh, another favorite, talking with Chuck about uh, a lot of the editing and being humble enough to realize no matter how many times you edit your own comic, it's impossible to get uh, as good a feedback as you can from somebody else. And uh, I know Greg knows, but when he first started writing all these comics and we were first getting them drawn by uh, you know creators, you know, they were, <laughs> the, the quality was a certain level that we hope to never fall to again. And basically uh, that mostly came from just the inexperience of writing a comic versus writing like, uh, you know, film, uh, what was it, uh, storyboards. So I know that that was like a huge thing, like learning the difference of how to create uh, comics and learning about world building, learning about uh, character development and honestly, like that journey, discussing it with people, learning with Greg has been, you know, absolutely incredible. I'm sorry. When I saw Jeff log in, I know you were like talking about this very touching thing. And it was, 
and me laughing inappropriately, that was because Jeff went on and said stupid kids, and I started laughing. <laughs> I love Jeff Weber's stupid kids. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Automatically, I just thought of the stupids. That's all. I started laughing my ass about that shit too. Anyway, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna back out so you can get somebody else in here. I know you got like probably a a lobby full of people. So good luck with all you guys. And again, happy 100th episode. Thank you, yeah. For, yeah. thank you for having me on the couple times that you've had, and hopefully uh, we can do it again. I'm sure I'll, and I'll be seeing all you guys somewhere, somehow. So definitely. <laughs> thank you. Yep. Thank see you. Us. See ya. Yep. Greg, do you want to, you want to have a, Jeff, uh, introduce himself first, or do you yeah, want to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stupid kids. Uh, hey, everybody. <laughs> How's it going, guys? I've been listening to the show. I was at uh, Impact Studios. So I couldn't get in at 12. But I'm happy to come in now. So, uh, hi, I'm Jeff Weber. Congratulations, Sirnova, on your 100. That's awesome. So, Thank you. I'm so glad I could be a part Thank of this. And, uh, I enjoyed talking to you on our previous episodes and um, looking forward to hearing what you guys do in the future. Um, Stupid Kids, I, yeah, I put that in there. That's going to be my next uh, book. Uh, uh, maybe, um, hopefully uh, late April. We'll see. Um, look look for it. Uh, I'm sure I won't be quiet on social media about it. when It's, when it's, uh, it's going to be an anthology and uh, once you hear the subtitle, it becomes crystal clear what it is. It's True Tales of Reckless Youth. Oh, the stupid shit we all used to do. Like, exactly. like the thing is, like, when I was a kid, a little girl, I really actually didn't do too much stupid shit. I mean, I'd set fires in my backyard, but I knew, like, setting up a fire, like, would create a wildfire with all the dried oat grass. I knew I'd get into trouble. So i just do it on the concrete. That's it. But, yeah. But then I grew up having a lot of guy friends, and they would do tons of stupid shit. I said, yeah, you know you're going to get hurt. Yeah, they did it anyway. So, yeah, I told you, you fucking idiot. So, oh, was it just anything stupid that, like, a kid did, like, when they were younger? Because, like, I can name a few things that I've done. That's that's the beauty of this of this um, book, is as soon as people hear the, hear the concept, they immediately start telling me, like, several of their own I just love the irony of... Him having kind of come onto the scene, creating a book called The Scientists, and now he's moved to Stupid Kids. I really, I, I mean, come on, how is no one seeing that? Yeah, I gotta go from I gotta go from the opposite extreme. My first book was about really smart kids. My follow-up book's got to be about really stupid kids. They do stupid shit all the time. Like we go around and then I go like, stop fucking trying to have sex with her. Damn it, they're fixed, by the way. So yeah, we got we got a. It's an anthology book. We got tons of great stories. I got my own story about the time I stuck a wire in an outlet. Uh, you got all your favorite creators are going to be there. So be, be there or be square. That's funny as fuck. That's hilarious. Yeah, so. I, I've done a couple of dumb things when I was a kid. Like I was on, on my uh, 
like one of my best friend's cars he was like driving it down the street and i was like on the hood like holding onto it while he's driving like 30 miles an hour down the street i wouldn't recommend doing that but i did and his dad came out as i was screaming and he's like get off the car and then i let go as he hit the brake and i flew off and uh i just like hurt my elbow for like three weeks and i didn't tell my mom about it she's probably a terrible mom for not even knowing that like my arm was hurting but yeah well i have another story when i was a kid um I got into a fight with a girl and I lost because I couldn't put my shit down. So every kid, this is junior high. So this is a long time ago. So anybody think I start fights now? Uh, so what ended up happening was, is that, um, so this kid, like every kid picked on me after that and I was getting really pissed off. So imagine like in junior high, like how you are in as adult. And then in junior high, you have even a shorter fucking fuse than you even have now, like just tiny. So I was a really angry kid and um, this kid named Casey Wanless. Now I remember his fucking name, Jesus. He was three times my size and I was scared shitless of him, big white kid. And he started fucking with me in class and he was the very last person. And I was so angry that I just launched myself at him. And I don't remember much. We were just slamming into desks and shit, but I was that fucking pissed. I was just hitting him. I mean, I'm not going to say it's this whole dramatic thing. Oh, my like Fisk, I was just so angry. I was just hitting him. You know, I think he was hitting me, but you know, I think if you got into a fight in school, you kind of get into that mode, like you feel it, but you don't feel any pain. And I was just so angry and they kind of like pulled us off each other. And I talked to a teacher while he got detention. Well, my mom never knew about it until much, much later. And I told her, well, got into a fight with a guy in junior high. And I told her what happened. And she's like, what kind of boy would like hit a girl? And I'm like, well, mom, to be fair, I punched him first and I bloodied his nose apparently because that's what I heard later. And they were like, she's like, good. Matt asked, a th sorry, that was a good story. I like that. Yeah. Matt asked yeah. a thousand great questions and Greg is trying to fucking duck them. And I noticed. <laughs> and so I'm going to point the finger, whichever finger you want at Greg and say, answer the fucking question, man. Yeah, what he said. Yeah, he let's go. Fight him. Fight. Uh, actually, like, the one episode with uh, Matt and Steph when they were on, not to, like, you know. Um, oh, that one? Yeah, butter you guys up. But um, I, I had a sunburn, so I was, like, all sunburned from being at my brother's bachelor party that day. Yeah, I, I remember the day and everything. So um, I came back from his bachelor party, like, and I was completely burned, so I was, like, trying not to move in the chair while talking to you guys, so that was fun. Um, and another one was probably just Chuck uh, teaching us about, like, the turn pages. Um, he, he also did that uh, off of our podcast. Like, we actually had a meeting, and he was like, this is how you're supposed to do a comic. I was like, oh. So, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I think... Our, one of our comic, I think, like the first Seer Chronicles, um, it didn't like have that turn page kind of effect, and when you're when you should, if you can. Um, now we do, we definitely do. So we actually like, number it and all that stuff. It's awesome. So yeah, learning from that is pretty cool. And just yeah, can you teach me the comic? <laughs> yeah. So those are pretty cool. Um, there's a lot of cool guests that we had on. We had Hector on a bunch of times just because we didn't have anybody that wanted to come on. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. Um, and we just had people from our platform at first because we didn't know that many people. And then when we started like getting into the community, then 
that's why you should get into the community. Um, so yeah, did that answer all of your questions? Answers a chunk. Yeah, a chunk. But that that brings up something that I was talking about recently on a panel. Uh, we were talking, we were shilling our kickstarters and showing kickstarters off. And I said at the beginning, look, guys, this video is going to have a half-life of, like, three days. So this this video is only going to really be good for you and your book and your career and all that shit for, like, three days. But all the people in this panel, and, of course, right now, we're hanging out with the boys from Cyranova. What they do for you and the people that you meet on these shows and all that kind of stuff, that stuff can last your career. So sitting on here and just talking about your book and paying attention to your stuff isn't actually going to help you at all. It, it'll it'll maybe get you, you know, 50 bucks, 100 bucks on your Kickstarter or whatever fucking bullshit. But hanging out with these people, learning from them, networking with them, later on doing crossovers with them, all that kind of stuff, that will go on forever. And uh, that so that's what's important. And that's the gift. Uh, Greg and Dylan, that you guys have given to us by having this platform and bringing all these people on, you allow us to um, to meet one another and to learn from one another and all that kind of stuff. So thank you guys for that. You know, that's funny that Chuck just said that too because I know I told you guys our campaign ends at nine o'clock tonight, and one of the things I'm doing right now as we speak, I'm writing a column called Reflections, and when people are doing these kind of campaigns, everybody out there that's not the nine of us that are sitting on this thread think all we're doing is begging for money. That's not what we're doing. We are, we are hoping that people are going to take a chance on something that we invest 24 seven in every single day during the campaign and every day prior to that to get it ready. And what this reflections column is about is looking at what happened as a time capsule i'm sure every one of you guys can look back and go yeah i remember what was going on when we ran the belial campaign or chronicles of horror this thing happened in the world or this thing happened in my life and you kind of gauge your own life as a time capsule based on the things that were happening during the campaign and if you guys know anything about what's going on with me recently yeah, obviously, my brother literally died in the middle of the campaign, derailed me or detoured me. I'm not going to say derailed, detoured what was going on in my life for a week, literally took me to Charlotte, North Carolina for a week in the middle of a campaign. Um, if you guys want to hear two things that are going to be in here, that is one of the wildest things you'll ever hear. So two campaigns ago, the main musician with me on Heirs of a Sealdor, Corey Steger, died right before the campaign. So my brother died on February 15th, which was Corey's birthday. We are ending this campaign today. And Steph's like, look at what showed up in the memories. Corey, the last time we saw him, when he recorded his tracks for the album, which he died 11 days later, were recorded one year ago today. So March 6th of 2021 is when Steph and myself and Corey and his best friend Rick all were here, whether it's in the room or video chatting. Little did we know that was the last time that we were going to see this man alive. And so it just goes to show um, how much of an impact that these campaigns can have outside of just the book, just the words, just the letter, that there are real world things that you can gauge in your own life with that. I'm, like I said, I'm writing this column now because I want people outside of us to see 
there's so much more just building on what Chuck said than just the book. In the end, the book is unimportant as much as you love it. It's more about the relationships you build with people, the legacy you're building, and the, the, the impact you're having on people's lives. So I just wanted to build on that, Chuck. Sorry for being a downer, but um, he should introduce himself. <laughs> okay, Christian. Oh, Chris, how you doing? Happy to join you guys. Yeah, I, I heard that. That sounds like a, quite a quite a, an emotional ride. Yeah, very. Now pep everybody up. Yeah. Uh, um, so, uh, am I supposed to introduce myself? Yeah, yeah. yeah little... Oh, okay. Uh, Christian Alawash, and uh, I'm a professional artist and author. And I wrote a book called It's a Living Surviving as a Freelancer in the 21st Century, based on uh, coming on 20 years of as a freelancer starting out in Canada. Oh, yeah, you got it. Signed copy. And uh, and then I'm I'm I just finished a, a book for cart like on cartooning that's going to come out uh, this year and it's a it's a how-to instructional book and uh yeah i'm a working artist and happy to join you guys i've, I've talked to uh dylan and um and uh, i'm trying to <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely doing it on purpose he's just like ah oh, that other guy yeah. i don't know why Mom. i'm drawing a blank i just chatted with you on text now i have to visualize it <laughs> um, but I, or I could read it. It's really small, Greg. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. I don't know. Uh, oh, and then I, I just had a book club, so that's why I'm outside. They were gonna get rained out, but then they en ended up having this uh, little picnic. So I came out and just taking a breather with you guys. Nice. Oh. Nice. Cool. Well, thanks for coming. <laughs> Uh, what's your congratulations on a hundred episodes? Thank you. Thanks. So now that you introduce yourself, what's your favorite dinosaur? Favorite dinosaur? Yeah. The one that they don't believe in anymore. <laughs> Which one is that? You know the one that got canceled? Which one's all of them? I know about well, yeah, Pluto, there's like a, the, uh, the one with the long neck. There was two of them had slightly varying names, and then two discoverers. And then, apparently, they decided that one of them never existed. Like the Bronchiosaurus or something? I think so, yeah. Well, it's uh, one of those. I forget the name. There's Brachio and I think there's Bronchiosaurus, right? So yeah. did they do to the yeah. dinosaur what NASA did to Pluto? Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. And, and my favorite planet is Pluto. Oh, it, it, it is uh, the, the Brachiosaurus. They're, so, so far, it's still real, but they think that it might not be. So like they like they they haven't like completely gotten rid of it yet. I just looked it up, but it okay. said there's a good reason why people think that it's it's not real. It's so weird. Because sometimes like so, they sometimes they I think like when they first started discovering those things in earnest, they uh, some of them got the skeletons mixed up. So they put the two skeletons together and they went like, oh fuck, you know. And it turned out to be like different parts of different dinosaurs already discovered or something. I mean they've gotten better at it now. But this was like from the Victorian era to like the 1900s and then the 1970s and stuff. This had better technology. And now like up until the 2000, 1990s to the 2000s, then they discovered, oh, some of them were jumbled up with other shit. Yeah, the Brontosaurus is the one they jumbled up. So Brontosaurus was believed to be in a, a 
a potosaurus mistakenly classified as a new species. The long-necked, long-tailed, 30-ton brontosaurus is one of the most famous dinosaurs of all time. And if he has most paleontologists, it's not real. Well, I also heard that uh, there were no dinosaurs, and there was just they just assembled a bunch of people bones into shapes. <laughs> yeah. That's, well, that's something I heard. And, and uh, Taylor was talking about giraffes. Giraffes are just horses that like to be choked. So that's not even a thing. That's like, he's talking shit over there. No, nah, they're just, yeah. They just oh, love getting choked. Look at the Santa Barbara Zoo of the giraffe. It looks fucked up. Like, it's got that weird kink in its neck and shit. It's like, uh, I've seen it's it. It's got a lot of kinks, man. <laughs> like, literally, when I was a baby, just fell over. And they said, oh, it's okay. And then as she grew up, she's like... Maybe that's maybe that's all it is. Is that its head got stuck when they were pulling it out. That's how they made a giraffe. Yeah, yeah. that's why I can't bend its neck. It kind of just flops around like that. You ever see like two giraffes fight each other? They just like throw their necks at each other. It's ridiculous. Well, that's, Dude, funny. Right? It's like they're well, like that. Like why don't you herbivores? And why are like, y'all get a room? Why do you think that one monkey has a red ass? I'm telling you guys, these guys are fucked up. <laughs> this is coming from a guy that thought demon bitch was sex positive. I sat there. I'm like, what? <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> wrong. Remarkably sex positive. I'm like, I don't know. I'm making fun of a fucking idiot. Okay. <laughs> I, was, I was kind of surprised. Like, as I said, like, if you guys ever read Demon Bitch or if anybody's ever read any of your IPs, I'm sure all of you have had that. It's like they read it and they say, well, it's this type of thing. And like, uh, I, I never actually thought of it that way, but sure, okay. <laughs> right. uh, I like, the whole sex positive thing with Demon Bitch, she's a hoe. But the thing is, is that she's like a disease-ridden hoe going around being a hoe still. So that's not really. <laughs> I guess that's sex positive. Like, do sex responsibly. Do it your way. <laughs> yeah, do it your way. <laughs> Mickey Jake Tumbles. That's not a good recommendation, actually. <laughs> <laughs> 